Undisclosed fucking place. We were supposed we were supposed to go to the Brooklyn Firefly. Indeed. Right. But for some reason they're closed on Mondays, and we just realized this. Both of us just realized this like what two hours ago. Yep. <laughs> so I changed the car, Long Island Express. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. They're closed today. Yeah. And it's like, oh fuck. It's, I knew that they were closed, but I didn't. For some reason, I thought they were closed on Tuesdays. I don't know why. Yeah. But all right, well, these things happen. So we're in, we're, we're somewhere else. It was a quick change of plan. So, but I did bring you L and B. So, you so, did. so we did have pizza. Yes, yes, which I I appreciate. You were like, oh, may I bring you a couple of slices? I'm like, I'm not gonna say no. I can't. You, you can't. You can't refuse a slice. <laughs> well, you did L&B. say one, but nobody does one. I know. I forgot one slice is good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no one does one. You're right. But um, all right. Well, I'm gonna have to give a shout out to Nako Nolan from. Uh, well, I know him through the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team and all that stuff, and he recommended me to hit you up to have you on. But it's funny because I know some of your background, obviously not all, that's kind of like, I guess, why we're here, because I, I heard a little birdie on the windowsill said that you have a lot of stories and you, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm a storyteller. Right? And, and that's story. awesome. Well, speaking of a storyteller, I had somebody on who I did two parts with who... Was probably well. It's a fact that you, at one point in your one of your old careers, chased him around tunnels in New York City. And who might that be? Tommy Rebel. Oh, I love Tommy. <laughs> I, I had him on twice. Tommy's a good guy. Yeah, and I, as a matter of fact, he hit me up before, and I'm like, "Yo, man, guess who I'm gonna have on the show?" He's like, "Who?" I'm like, "Well, Steve Mona," and he's like. No fucking way. <laughs> he's like, yo, so I'm just going to get this out of the way. He's like, I got a story to tell and this and that. And he, I guess they raided his house at one point and he caught all kinds of charges. And he was telling me a story and he wanted me to ask you about it. If you remembered something about a Christmas card, there was a Christmas card that he sent to somebody or whatever. And when the lawyer and everybody had everything presented, like that actual Christmas card was there. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah, like something like, hey, you know, how you doing, Stevie, or something like that, because all those guys used to try to torture you guys. Oh, yeah. It was, I tell you, the torture went from all kinds of crazy stuff, but yeah, the card is true. Yeah. I've, I've got a few of those. I actually don't have that one, but I have a card I got from like somebody in Norway once who was like, like you know, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah all right. And I was like, you know what? And he was like, listen, he was like, he was, the, he was like, we had a job to do, and they had a job to do. And I was like, you know what? It's like De Niro and Pacino and Heat. It's like you're both good at what you do, and if someone gets in the way, you know, something might have to happen. But you do your thing, I do mine, and whatever happens, happens. What I like to say is, I mean, you know, in the graffiti subculture, you know, it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. Well, actually. And- what what was your title? What did you do I, as far I, so as for I people was, who aren't hip to what the deal go. is? Um, I spent uh, 
a lot of years in the Vandal Squad, but for my last 10 years of my career with the NYPD, I was a commanding officer of the Vandal Squad. Right. Um, why I left when I left is, is part of this we can talk about. Um, I couldn't talk about it back then. Uh, um, okay. So we'll, we'll get to that. That's um, cool. Was not happy with um, the direction we were going in it towards the end of my, uh, my time. But, um, yeah, I was the commanding officer. And uh, like I was saying, it, it, you know, it's a cat and mouse game. Right. And you can't have a cat. You can't have a mouse without a cat. Right. In a cat and mouse game. And for a while, I like to say I was the cat. Okay. Um, in, so what do you actually have to do? Like, what you have to have? You probably have nine thousand stories because what year are we talking? I started in a Vandal Squad in eighty-seven, eighty-six. Ah, so 86, fucking yeah. subways were still bombed. Still bombed. Um, they were they were doing that line by line thing at the time. Um, the plan was that they would buy a new trains for like the first time ever. Right. And, and well, not ever, but you know, years. In a and long so they time. would they were taking these these new trains and putting them on one line and saying, okay, that line is now graffiti free. So that's where we would concentrate. Okay. And then they would say, okay, now the next new set of trains or the next trains we're going to be renovating because they were also doing renovations at the time. We're going to put them over here. So then we would go there. And some of the guys were, were happy to be just kind of scarecrows. Right. Those are the guys that stayed on the line that was already clean. Guys like myself, I was young. I was new on a job, looking to get my feet wet. So right. we went to where the graffiti was. Right. And But, but I knew nothing about graffiti. Okay. I, I'm a train buff, right? My dad collected model trains. I'm a train buff. I would go out and take pictures of subway trains. The only thing I knew about graffiti was I went to aviation high school. And okay. on, Long Island City? Long Island City. Okay. And on Monday mornings... You know, there was always like a cane top to bottom back in the day. Because I'm just talking about late 70s. Right. And I, I had no clue. I'm like, wow, what did he do? Like, wait for the train to come back and then do it again? And yeah. Like, I had, I had no... So, I, so uh, I had a few friends back then who were into graffiti. And I wasn't into it at all. But I asked them questions like, how does that happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, oh, you it's a whole like, deal. It's a whole deal. And they said, yo, you have to go to a train yard. So now, I'm, like I said, I'm a train buff. So I got all these train maps. And I'm looking at oh, all layup trains and blah, blah, blah. But I still know shit about graffiti. Okay. My 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 first collar with the NYPD, or well, transit police at the time, was was a graffiti collar. I got these three guys, and I didn't even know what to do with them. I'm on the tra- on the platform at 18th Avenue on the B. Okay. At the time, the B, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, I don't. Do I even arrest these people? Yeah, what were they doing? Like, they yeah, were spraying? Doing, no, or just throwing markers. Up, throwing, up, throwing up tags with markers on like the signs and stuff, and I'm like. So I took their markers and I threw them in a the garbage pail. Right. And I'm like, okay, now get out of here. Right. But they didn't get out of there right away. So they gave me a few minutes to think about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, I think I'm supposed to arrest them. <laughs> so I'm like, never mind, you're under arrest. <laughs> yeah. But I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. Put them in handcuffs, take them down to the booth. I call, they, they come and get me. Well, the Vandal Squad shows up at the precinct. Who are you guys? Oh, we're from the Vandal Squad. The what? You know, yeah. Like, you don't know what these They're things. like, what did these guys, you know, what did they write? I said, graffiti. They're like, no, no, what did they write? I said, well, how do I know what the fuck they wrote? I don't know nothing. <laughs> they wrote some scribble. They wrote some stuff on a wall. And the guy was like, it was kind of embarrassing because the guy kind of like dressed me down a little bit. Right. Like, you're supposed to read it and blah, blah, blah. And right. So that was it. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to get embarrassed like that again. Right. So that's when I, I somebody told me, oh, there's these magazines. So at, at the time being. Con art. Con art. Uh, it, there was a, and most of them were like mimeograph stuff. People yes. were just generating them from probably working somewhere and, and making copies at their yeah. place of business or their school, stapling them together and selling them in newsstands. Yes, and I think I have like two of them. Like I may have one. Somewhere. I yeah. may have one now. From like 92 or 93. Yeah, yeah. Like that. this was like eight. But so that's that's how I got into it. Right. Um, you know, but again, not didn't think I was actually going to you know get into the Vandal Squad, but I was driving a uh, captain one day. 
and I went to a meeting and it's all about graffiti and they're talking about trains and we're going to put trains here and I was like yeah they don't put trains there anymore and a captain another captain turned and goes who are you I said oh, I'm driving Captain Murphy he goes shut up you're not part of this so I'm like okay <laughs> so then he said something else and they were talking about some other place where they, you don't lay trains up anymore and I went <coughs> and the guy's like what and I'm like they don't put trains there anymore well, what do you he goes what do you know about graffiti I said I don't know nothing about graffiti right he goes well, what do you know about I said know about trains why? I'm, I'm like a train buff, you know? Yeah. So he says to me, come tomorrow in civilian clothes and bring a pad and a pen. So really? I go down to headquarters the next day, and the guy tells me, go out on the next line that was going to go graffiti for you was the Brighton line. And he said, go out on the Brighton line, and I want to know all the graffiti tags that you see a lot of, like right down the ones that you see the most of. Right. It's freezing. It's like October, but it's snowing. <laughs> I'm sitting on the Neck Road train station, and I still can't read this crap. Right. So I'm grabbing some... Hey, kid, come here. Police, come here. Sit down. I didn't do nothing. I know you didn't do nothing. Have a seat here. You know anything about graffiti? Yeah. What does that say? Well, it's, and at the time, I remember this, like, uh-huh. like it was yesterday. Okay. John 156 was like up and down the D-line. Okay. Every car had like one of his throw-ups on it. Right. And I'm like, okay. And then, so I start making like little marks. John 1561, two, three. And so all of these tags, mm-hmm. a lot of them were coming from the Bronx because the D was coming, you know, right. was stored up at the Bronx at the time. And then I went back and I showed the guy, this is what I did. He goes, oh, you see, you know a lot about graffiti. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I know a lot about graffiti. <laughs> but the, one of these kids was like telling me, oh, you got to get Style Wars. I'm like, what? Yeah, you got to rent this video. Called style, yeah, words. they're all over YouTube yeah. now. Right. I, I, I go through a rabbit hole, like yeah. I'll, I'll look uh, up something, and next thing you know, it's like three hours later, I'm watching all these yeah, old exactly. graffiti things. Yeah. yeah, so so that's that's how it started. And I watched the movie and bought this, bought spray can art, and you know, started meeting a few guys. And, yeah, you know, it took off from there. But again, you know, it's funny back when I was on the job, I couldn't say graffiti is, is art, and I think that. We make a mistake as the as government. I'll, I'll put myself in that category. We don't we, we attack it wrong. Right. My thing was permission. Did you have permission? You did. Okay. See you later. Right. Like all like the five points and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if you have permission, I don't I don't need to know you. If Michelangelo didn't have permission to do the Sistine Chapel, he's not a he's not an artist anymore. He's a vandal, right? right. In my in my world. In your world, right? But exactly. The, the government says, well, graffiti's not art. Well, we don't get to define art. Right. And the artist doesn't even get to define art. Art is defined by the person viewing it. True. I might look on a wall and see a tag up on a wall and go, and then somebody else might go, oh my God, look at that. Right. It's like a few years ago, the whole vat, vat of urine with the, with the Virgin Mary in it at the Brooklyn... I don't yeah. Know People were getting all up in arms. That's not art. Well, maybe to somebody. Is it art to me? No. Is right. it art to you? Probably not. No. But somebody else might look at it and think, wow, that guy's mind, how he thought, right. how that worked. Right. Exactly. It's all up to interpretation. It's open to interpretation. So my deal, I couldn't say it back then because I would always get that question, you know, and I loved, I knew that, I knew Bernie Jacobs, the detective in Style Wars that says, okay. I'm not an art critic, I'm a cop. So right. I told Bernie, I'm stealing that line. Right. Because people, they always try to pigeonhole you, and I can't say it. I'm working for the police department. Well, Lieutenant, haven't you seen graffiti that you considered artistic? I don't know, I'm not an art critic, I'm a cop. That, that, there you go. That's, so this way I didn't have to lie. Right. And I didn't have to tell the truth and get in trouble with the powers that right. be. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm retired now, I've got five or six canvases in my house. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. 
and and for anyone know you know anyone well I get ca- caves for sure of you course know. um I've, and I've got a I actually helped Lee Quignone's out a few years ago with a project he was working on that's a great story uh, really? Lee's, Lee's doing the side of a building yeah if anyone doesn't realize who he's talking about you talk about like Lee and Dondi and yeah, all those guys yeah. from that era yeah okay. so I met I met I met a lot of guys through caves and um Lee called me up and he says, "Hey, I got this problem." I'm like, "What's what's?" He's a graffiti legend, man. Oh, he's we live so we were living near each other, and um, it was funny. It was me on one block, Lee on the next block, and Hayes on the next block. We were like all all right down one street. So Lee was doing a building side of a building for a friend. Okay. Uh, Subway entrance, people were coming up out of the subway, tagging up the wall. Nice restaurant. The guy wanted to have Lee do a mural. Lee's telling me, I can't get a hold of anyone in the transit authority. I need to put a scaffold across this um, staircase. I'll do it after rush hour and before rush hour. But they, I can't find... He said, I was hoping maybe you knew somebody. So I said, oh, yeah, of course I know somebody. I make like three phone calls. I can't get anywhere. Really? So i like, you know what? Fuck it. I went, my brother has one of those machines that makes signs. You yeah. Know, the, the vinyl signs. Yeah. So I had my brother make a vinyl sign that says, entrance closed, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. daily for construction. I put it on the gate and put, <laughs> if any issue, if, if any problems, call this number. And I had my cell number. Nice. And I put it on, get, Lee's like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to do that. Fuck it. There were, like, it was a big station. There was four other staircases. Did you get any phone calls? I got one. Okay. And, and, and But I would stop by every day. Right. It was right near the house. I stopped by every day, check in with Lee, everything okay here, yeah. It was fun. Yeah, know, I was like, that's he's like, awesome. Hey, just put a sign up. Fuck yeah, it. Fuck it. Yeah. No one knows. No one's the wiser. Right. No one, fuck of, how many times you got a guy's walking in a tunnel with an orange vest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As long as you... <laughs> hey, it, it's... Uh, there's a movie, um, Daily News, with Michael Keaton. I never saw it. So, in the movie, they have to go speak to a detective in a okay. precinct. And his assistant said... He's like the editor of the Daily News. And his assistant says to him can't just walk into a police precinct. He goes, you can get anywhere you want with a positive attitude and a clipboard. And they walk into the precinct, and the desk sergeant says, hey, and he goes, hey, how you doing? And he goes, hey, good. And they just walk up the stairs. So we just put a sign up. Lee called me one day, there's some guy here. I'm like, okay. I showed up. What's the problem? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, showed him my badge. Yeah, working at working with station department. Oh, who at station department? I'm looking. There's a name on the wall. Station. Oh, we're with so-and-so. Oh, they're not here anymore. Yeah, I know. It was hooked up months ago, but, you know, by the time we got it going, the weather, and the guy's like, oh, okay. Yeah, really. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Is, is, is that mural still up or not? Yeah. Is it you know, wasn't really much of a mural, per se. It was like, um, it was a couple of subway cars and some pigeons. Okay. It wasn't a whole lot, but it's on the side of... Um, yeah, where is it? Uh, so, Habana Outpost on Fulton Street. Okay. Uh, Clinton, Clinton, Washington Subway Station. Okay. Um, the staircase alongside... Uh, it's like, got like a Biggie Smalls mural. Okay. Way big up top, you know, that you can't get to, but this was the subway stairs, so... Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah, cool. Stuff. Yeah. How many, how many of these knuckleheads did you have to, like, literally run around into the tunnels for? Because Nako had sent me... And I, I wasn't going to post it unless, like, you gave me, like, the green light. But he sent me the a picture of you from the article from 92, where you have the fucking scene. Oh, the, 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 the night vision the goggles. The night vision goggles. Yeah. Like, it's like that scene in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. 
because it's like the same time frame too. It was crazy contraption yeah. on your face, and it's like yeah, Sergeant Steve Mona and it's just showing. It was, it was like J Street. Yeah, it was a dumb like, J Street platform. Yeah, and so like, I, full I, uniform, I, full uniform. It's like April of '92, and I looked at it. I was like, holy shit, this is funny. Yeah. So like, were you like running around the fucking tracks with that thing we, on? You know, that thing was a little ridiculous because like it, it, it looked it, very it, cumbersome. It's man. cumbersome, and it gave you like tunnel vision. No pun intended. Right. Years later, they gave us another thing, which was it looked like a little TV screen with a with a with a handle and a trigger. Right. And you'd point that down the down the the tunnel and press the button, and it would show body heat. Really. So you could see body heat moving. See, my my biggest fear today. I know guys are still out there doing this. My biggest fear today is somebody's going to get themselves killed because the police department doesn't think about graffiti first anymore. They right. think about terrorism. True. And and the, the the train bombings in Madrid back in, in the early 2000s, after 9-11, where guys went into subway tunnels. Yeah, that was 07. 7, 7, 07 yeah, right. And, and went into subway tunnels and put duffel bags on trains. So you think about that. You've got this giant counterterrorism wing of the NYPD now. Before 9-11, there were counterterrorism coordinators. I was one of the coordinators. It wasn't a unit. Now there's like 2,500 guys assigned to whatever that, whatever that number is. I, mean, I think I just made that up anyway. Right. But, but well, whatever, whatever the number is. We're off the cuff here. Yeah. Whatever the number is. So they got these guys. They're, they're not thinking, oh, there's three guys walking in a subway tunnel with duffel bags. They got spray paint in, in their bags. They're, they're thinking, bombs. oh, shit, it's a bomb. So that's where the, the dynamic changed for us. Um, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah it's just, really. it, yeah, that's, that's where the dynamic changed and where it's like more, you know, it was no longer cat and mouse because you weren't sure if it was really a mouse right. or something worse. Right. And so, um, yeah, it changed the dynamic completely, which is why the, the Transit Authority now has um, a team of, of guys working for them. The, I probably heard the Eagle team. I never did. So there's know. guys that work for the Transit Authority that a lot of them are ex Vandal Squad guys that, that went to work for the Transit Authority that do subway patrols. But they've got this mindset where they they know, okay, probably graffiti but might be something worse. Right. They where they have, they the have that mindset. First, right. that, yeah, not maybe not first, but they but equally they're like more likely graffiti. Right. Sure. Whereas, you know, you get a cop from the counterterrorism bureau, you know, carrying an MP five and wearing a wearing a flak vest and he's not thinking Oh, this guy yeah. running towards me with a bag is doesn't have a, a you know, and, and you know if it's a winter time and the guy's all bulky looking, yeah, they're gonna think the worst. Is 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 the graffiti like when I was talking with Tommy Rebel, he was like, oh, it's all over the place. So, yeah, yeah, like like yeah, I see graffiti all over the place. But is it as much? Do you think as it used to be? I don't think so. I think it. I think it is. I think that. I think there's two dynamics that that make people think maybe not, and that's the clean trains. Because they do True. get graffiti, but they go into the they go into the, well, yeah. into the yard and get cleaned. Yeah. We, I mean, I've seen some of the pictures. Um, you know, some of the guys that still work there. You know, it's every now and then I look at a, a, a text or a, an email. Hey, boss, take a look at this. Yeah, I'm like, wow. You know, but and then they clean it up quicker. Right. So I, but I think it's still out there. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, again, we, we we address it wrong. If we if we embraced. Maybe because you guys, you know, the guys on that side of the fence don't really give guys a lot of props if they did only legal stuff, right? You know, it's like that. There's a, a like a dynamic that you know you could be like this really talented artist, yeah, and not get the respect because you've never, you know, been chased or you've never been arrested. Right. So that's like that side of the subculture, and and the media helps too because 
not to not to get into any kind of fake news thing, right. but but the media when when the police department announces a crackdown on graffiti periodically, they oh yeah, it's getting bad, we're going to crack down. The news cameras do they out, really though? They do, okay. but 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 the news cameras go out and find the best murals they can find, right? Which is not what people are complaining about. Nobody's right. really. I mean, some people. I guess if you're on the Upper West Side and snooty, you don't want a mural on the wall. But but people more complain about the tags and the throw-ups. Right. They don't complain about you know somebody did a beautiful mural unless it's unless the mural is you know kind of risque or, yeah. or for the wrong reason. Yeah. For mo- most, I mean, I mean, what is it like nine times out of ten a mural is pretty much what like a, like an in memory of somebody. Right. You know right. what I mean? For the Unless you got part. the one on the the, the the mural on on Vanderbilt and and Merle, it drives me insane. What's there? So there's a mural there, um, <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to I don't want to throw these guys under the bus because they, they're they're a famous crew that does a lot of legal work now. But they did this mural, and I I don't know if they realize it. The mural's been there. I'm I'm living in that neighborhood seven years. The mural's been there fifteen at least. Okay. But this dude um, is a drug dealer. And his claim to fame is during a shootout with police, he picked up a two-year-old and used him as a as a human shield, right? While he while he fires at police, holding his I think it was like his, his nephew or a niece uh, or something. That's just a scumbag, right? Go so he goes off to jail. He gets out, and after he's out of jail for a couple of years, he gets he's like in a phone booth. This will tell you how long he's dead. Uh, he's phone in, booth, he's yeah. in a phone booth, and somebody offs him. Okay. So they put this mural up for him, mm. and I had no idea who he was when I moved right. to the neighborhood, and I'm like. So I looked him up. Like, yeah. I think Google. Wonderful thing, right? I Google the guy's name. I'm not even going to mention his name, but anybody that you know, knows knows this mural on Vanderbilt and and, uh, and Myrtle. And I looked him up. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Like, and I, I, This guy? Somebody told me, and I don't know if it's true and it really doesn't matter, but somebody told me that the guys that did the mural didn't know. They just were asked to do a mural for a guy who, right. who was killed and, you know, Altruistically, decide you know did the mural right, and uh, and I'm sure they were paid for it. So they're like, yeah. all right, yeah, we'll do yeah. it. We'll sign a little thing. Yeah. All right, cool, get right. permission. All right, we don't know that this guy used yeah. a, a fucking toddler as a shield. Yeah, and the funny thing cop. is, I, like for years, every time I drive by it, I think to myself, one of these days, it's like a like just get a bucket of paint and throw it on it. Yeah, well, but you then, see that? I but, just see that, right? But then I'm saying to myself, my luck. I'd get collared. Can you imagine? <laughs> you might be able to get your way out of it. Though. I'm not so sure anymore. You don't think so? No. Come on. Listen, it, it, things have changed. The ex-CEO for the Vandal Squad gets collared. Wouldn't it be a great story? That would fucking rule. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's a great story. You can tell that over and over again. Yeah, but I don't want to be that guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get The it. bars look a lot different from my side of the bar than someone else's side of the bar. Of course they do. Good thing I only did like a little tiny bit of not even like real quote unquote time behind those bars. A couple times. Central booking. Nonsense. Yeah. Stupid stuff. Hoyt and Skimmel one overnight. Bad sandwiches from Kellogg's Diner on Merrick Pelton Avenue. That's where they come from. Oh really? Have you ever got fed at Central Booking? Well uh, yeah well they they attempted to feed me but I kind of passed and I traded people their sandwiches for my sandwiches for oranges. Yeah well the reason I mention that is we were were, uh, Where are they from? Yeah I never knew that. Kellogg's Diner on Metropolitan and Union and the reason I mention that is because um, Nako was in town once with Danny Boy and it was late. It was probably like Midnight, and my son lives in that neighborhood, so we were over that way, and we were hungry. And I said, you know, Danny Boy goes, "Is there a diner around here?" I said, "Yeah, it's Kellogg's Diner, two blocks away." And uh, Nako was like, "I'm not eating there." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "That's where we used to get the sandwiches from for Central Booking." Yeah, I'm like, it's fucking prison food. Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, I never so, knew that. so that's a shout out to Nako for the sandwiches. Yeah, a lot of shout outs yeah. to Nako. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's awesome. And Danny Boy from the House of Pain, Coco Nostra. But um, that's another thing that, uh, well, well but let's, b- before we go into this part, is there anything that comes off the top of your head as far as, like, any incidents as far as chasing people in the tunnels? And then we can move away from graffiti if you want. But we can, I mean, we're I, all Listen, I'm, I'm happy to talk about anything. That's awesome. Um, I appreciate your time, man. You seem very, very easy. Like, oh, I just want to make it easy for you. I'm like, I'm trying to make it easy for you. It's like, whatever you want to do. I'm like, beautiful. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. I have some interesting, you know, I mean, listen, I, I'm older and, 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 and slower than these guys. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> my favorite story, and, and he denies it happened this way. We've had like a little um, uh, back and forth about it, uh, is with uh, Ven. Okay. Yeah, and and he says it didn't happen this way. This is what I remember. We're we're up by Cherry Hill by the uh, V E N. He was like yeah, by yeah. Venner a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so we're up at the uh, the layups over by Sheepshead Bay, and there's guys up there, and we wind up chasing them, and we get them out into the street, and now we're running, and, and we must have run. I, I was a lot younger. Okay. Right? I mean, what, what what year is this about? This is like around eighty eight. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm I'm 28, 29 years old. All right. And but I'm losing them. Okay. I'm not catching them. Well, you you chase them. Well, how old are they? At the time, 18? Adam was probably 18, if that. Right. Maybe even younger. Right. And and so he's about maybe 20, 25 yards ahead of me, and I'm losing them. <laughs> but we ran a lot. We ran far. We're like at Avenue U now. We've run from Sheepshead Bay. We're up at Avenue U now, and like East 15th, East 16th. And I yelled to him, stop or I'm going to shoot you in the back. And he stopped running. He turned around. He goes, you can do that? And by that time, I got to him. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I can't do that. And I grabbed him. Now, Adam says it didn't happen that way. That's what I remember, all due respect. Um, But, yeah, that that was, was, you know, listen, guys do some crazy stuff. I'm sure. Um, We've had guys jump off elevated structures and break a leg. Um, Run running down subway tracks with trains. um, You know, coming down the tracks, running in an area where there's no clearance. You know, I'm, I'm. Tommy was telling a couple of those stories. Yeah, where he had to actually run towards a train that was coming to get into one of these little doorways. How freaky is that? Fucking crazy. You have to be crazy. What we used to do in, in the Vandal Squad along uh, Queens Boulevard, they used to, I don't know if they do anymore, but they used to leave a lot of trains. It was a huge layup area along yeah. Queens Boulevard. We used to call it the Schlepp. Okay. Because it was just like you'd be exhausted walking those layups. <laughs> okay. But there's a lower level at 75th Avenue that kind of curves and goes into Jamaica Yard. Okay. The train, when it's coming, you know, the train with people on it, when it's when it's coming down the tracks, looks like it's going straight down this tunnel. But at the last minute, it moves and goes, continues down Queens Boulevard. Okay. But there's an optical illusion that makes the track look like the train's coming down towards what would be going towards the yard. Right. And when we got a new guy in the Vandal Squad, we'd take him down on the tracks and show him, you know, we used to show him around, you know, teach them the, what to do, what not to do. And at the right of passage in the Vandal Squad, is we'd walk the guy along this track area, and we knew exactly where the train was going to come, was going to turn the last minute. And we'd be walking, and you know, just let us know if the train's coming. We'd be walking, and the guy goes, "Oh, the train coming, okay." And we would just continue walking, and he'd be like, "There's a train coming," and like, "Here we go." And and if the guy like by that time, you, the train looks like it's coming right at you. Right. We know it's turning the last minute. Right. And we're just past where we need to be. That it's good. We're not in no danger whatsoever. Right. But this guy doesn't know that. And he's screaming, There's a fucking 
That's that. That was like I. That's how you earn your yeah, bones, I guess. How, exactly, exactly. But there was some crazy stuff. Um, have you, do you ever have to chase or run around after fucking J.A.? Rested him a few times. Not my favorite guy. No, no. I never met him personally, but yeah. you got. I mean, he's kind of like the king of New York. Yeah, he's like king of graffiti. No, yeah. He, he back still in to this day, he's still doing shit to this day. Yeah, back in the day, he he would he would do some stuff that I'd rather not say. But what would happen was he would do it, and then but the guy he did it to would know it was him because we'd get a call from a detective. Bureau and they'd go, hey, um, could you uh, help us out here? We had this incident that occurred here, and we're like, okay. And they'd be like, yeah. And uh, so this guy and blah blah blah, and we're like, yeah. And we would just say John's name, and they go, what? And that's who you're looking for. And like, what? Yeah, J A. Yeah, that's his name. This is where he lives. They're like, how did you know it was him? I'm like, because he does this all the time. And what does he do? <sighs> you don't have to name names, you know, obviously. Well. It, what would happen was back in the day, I guess he may have had a substance problem. Okay. Um, meet a young guy who's, uh, you know, enamored of somebody in, higher up in the subculture. Okay. And, you know, hang out at like a, a, a graffiti shop or something and say, oh, yeah, you know, meet me over here. Do you want to go bombing with me? Meet me over here. Bring 30 cans of spray paint. Uh, and then the guy would be lighter 30 cans of spray paint and, right. and not go anywhere with, right. with the person. Okay. So, and, but it would happen often enough that we, like, as soon as they'd say, yeah, this kid, he came to this train station with 30 cans of spray paint, we go, we would just rattle his name off. And they go, what? Yeah, that's who you're looking for. Uh-huh. You know, like... You ever see his interviews and shit? Like, on, like, fucking Style... Like, there's, uh... It's not Style Wars. Is it Style Wars? One of those series of graffiti documentaries or whatever you you go on and there's cr- bat shit crazy interviews with him where he's, he's got to be like what in his late 40s early 50s he has to be now but then yes. I'm talking this this was in like the early 90s and he's wearing like this big mask and he's talking like he's Chinese yep. for with no shirt on for like 45 minutes How like, about the one where he spray paints the police car fuck the yes and it, it says, says police. police yes it might have been like the <laughs> same exact video yeah crazy yeah. his father or something was like involved in movies he's his like, father was a big shot his father was the director for Karate Kid and Lean on Me and Rocky Rocky 5 I think Rocky 1 actually it, I don't know about Rocky 1 I might I, be wrong I know for a fact that in Rocky 5 his father had something to do with it and there's a certain scene underneath one of the train L's in Philly there's a scene where there's no graffiti anywhere except John t- and then there's yeah, one there's a shot where it's just a huge J.A. tag in silver with the circle around it he did the same thing with the um, he was in Karate Kid 3 yeah he did the same thing with the Michael Jackson video Michael Jackson video. yeah there was a Michael Jackson video his dad directed um, I'm trying to remember which song it was where they did the they used the back end of Hoyt Skirmerhorn so it was a train station shit. Yeah. So it was probably yeah. bad. Yeah, bad. That, that might be it. And, yeah. and there's a there's a there's a JA tag on one of the stairs. Really? Yeah. And that was done on purpose. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is that is that recently passed? You know, rest his soul. Okay. Um, but but I'm sure that uh, he you know tried you know hey get my kid into the you know it's a big he wasn't like a small time director he was right. like a big deal. I mean, you're doing shit like the Karate Kid and Rocky and yeah. you know, I mean that's that's not yeah, small time no joke. shit. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, so he used to run with all those guys like Scuff and all those other guys. Yeah. So yeah, he, he you know it's funny the the, the um. The graffiti subculture is a lot different. You know, I was just talking about this with a couple of guys from the job. You know, we have those comp stat meetings, okay. know, and, and it's it's really set up to like make sure police commanders are addressing crime in their area and they're aware of crime. Right. And and I got asked one time 
by the chief of department, at, who was at the time this guy, Louis Anamone, and he says to me, Steve, how many graffiti gangs are there in New York? Oh, God. And I said, they're not gangs, chief, they're crews. Right. And he says, gangs, crews. He goes, what's the difference? It's a big difference. Big difference. And he said to me, well, it sounds like Rockaway Math. Now, Rockaway Math is a police department insult. Okay. Because they caught some police commander in Rockaway fudging crime stats. Okay. So if, if you provided the department with any kind of stats for anything and you were told it looked like Rockaway Math, it was an insult. Gotcha. So he said, no, no, it sounds like Rockaway Math. And, I, and so I, I said, <laughs> so Jack Maple, who was, who was like this master crime statistician, um, looked at me and said, Steve, explain to the chief the difference. And I said, Chief, if I told you I was a blood and a crip, what would you say? He goes, I'd say, it's, you're full of shit. You can't be both. I said, right. Right. But if I told you when I rattled off a few graffiti crews that were popular at the time, this is probably like mid-90s, and I probably you know rattled off, you know. XTC. XTC, AOK. YKK. Know, yeah, any, any, any one of those. Yeah. And he said, well, I'd say you're full of shit. I said, see, no, it's the difference. As I said, if you're a member of more than one crew, it enhances your stature in the subculture. True. Like, well, I said, yeah, if you can say you're down with this crew and that crew and this crew, they want you because you're, you know, prolific. You're an old city vandal. Right. I said, that, that's the difference. And he goes, okay. Not Rockaway Math. And no. I said, no, not Rockaway Math. Yeah. You see yeah. some people throwing up like four or five different crews. Right. They have time. It's like, yeah. fucking, yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing, too, that they, they couldn't grasp um, somebody, somebody putting someone else up. You know, like like a guy yeah. going out and, and, and it'd be like, well, you know, we got this guy and, and uh, he, he wrote ABC, but then in, in the in the C it says DEF. And I'm like, yeah, because that DEF I'm, couldn't make it. So he said to him, hey, to put me up. Right. And they're like, what do you, what's that put me up? Uh, well, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, wow, I got to really yeah. spell it out for yeah. you. Huh? Yeah. It's like one of those videos you see. Sick bastard fucking J.A. He's like hanging off of some fucking overpass mm -hmm. somewhere and he's just going and it's like it's like 12 different people he just puts up in a row. Boom, yep. boom, boom, boom. And it's like the style that he's writing it is writing it like the person did it. Yeah. Obviously, you could tell, all right, well, that you know, yeah, J.A. Yeah. put all that up, but he would write blah, blah, blah. Knocks or scuff, and in, in the way that they would do it, and it was like perfect. Yeah, which is di which is different than most graffiti writers because most of the guys that put somebody up are going to do it in their style, right. so that someone knows, you know, oh, he he wasn't there, they put him up. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the funniest, you know, it, talk about police department stuff. It just popped into my head. It was really funny. We had this chief who was like on, on top of us towards the end of my career. Right. Really wasn't having a good time. Didn't like a lot of the direction we were going in. Didn't like a lot of the stuff we were doing. It went back to being a numbers game and I didn't like it. And this, this somebody put up these tags and it said G-U-N-O-T. Okay. Now, if you're looking at it, it says Gnot. But right. that's not what it's so he he does his chief rattles off this this note to me who is Gannat blah 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 <laughs> and like 40 different things well this guy I'm working with at the time who was like like I don't even say gets the note before I do right so now he's going to make himself look good in, in front of the chief. So he calls his chief up. He's like, yeah, chief, don't worry. By the end of the day, I'm going to know who Gennad is and blah, 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 blah. And, <laughs> I already and, know this. And I'm like, and, and so I, I call the chief and he goes, yeah, I already spoke to Lieutenant so-and-so. And he told me, I said, yeah, chief, it's, it, there's no such person as Gennad. He goes, <laughs> what? I said, there's a dispute going on right now in the hip-hop world right. between 50 Cent and somebody else. And he goes, what does that got to do with graffiti? I said, because uh -huh. 50 Cent has G unit. 
this guy's going out and writing GU not. Right. It's an insult to G unit. And he's like, I, I don't understand this. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't get never I'm like, get it not, I said, I said, what I'm trying to tell you is there's not one person named Gannat. There's a <laughs> bunch of guys all over the city writing G unit, and he he just like like. He sounds exasperated on the phone, and I said to him, "You want me to just turn this over to the hip hop squad? Because NYPD <laughs> has, has a hip hop squad. Do they really? Yeah." yeah. And he says, uh, "You want to just want me to just turn this over to the hip hop squad?" He goes, "Do whatever you want to do." Because <laughs> I think in his mind he's thinking, "This other idiot just who's Gnat? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll know by the end of the day, Chief. Don't worry, I got this guy." <laughs> the minute I looked at it, I'm like, "Okay, G, you not." Yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as you spelled it, I'm yeah. like, all right, G unit, G unit, all right. G -unit. It's a G unit against G unit. Right, God, right. This was funny. this was like the last year I was on the job. So this was 2006, okay. 2005, six. It was just it was some bullshit thing, you know. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. So I didn't know that the, I didn't know that the cops had a hip hop fucking. That, that's not the official name of it, but but there's there's a unit that that addresses you know the the serious stuff. Not you know who cares about. I mean, I'm I'm a pro legalization guy when it comes to pot. And stuff. Right. So, yeah. but, but it's not that stuff. It's like like the guys that were doing the investigation into into Tupac and Biggie and right. you know all the, the, the serious crimes, the murders and yeah. stuff. There, there's a dedicated um, group of guys that are basically in in that unit because they know the subculture. The way right. the Vandal Squad knows the subculture of right. the graffiti world. The hip hop guys know they know the subculture. Like if you would if I would have shown them that note. They would have laughed and said, oh, you know, that's, they, would, they, they probably knew exactly who was doing it. But it just, they were doing it in places where, like, you know, if 50 Cent was performing or a club he might own or a friend owned. It was, so it was being done. Like, it was like as if, like, 20 graffiti vandals had gone out one night and just all put up the same tag all over the city. Right. It would have raised the consciousness of, of somebody looking at me like that. Sure. Well, so, but, I mean, like I said, and, and I'm, I'm like an... Like, I listen to all kinds of music. Right. Like, I'm not a, you know... So I really looked at it and knew what it was, whereas the guy who was trying to make his bones with the chief... Right. ...probably just listening to classic rock or exactly. something. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> uh -huh. That's fucking funny. Yeah. yeah that, you can't make this stuff up. No, you can't make it up. And I just learned a lot of shit just now. Like, you know, the whole fucking... Just like that. There's, there's a hip-hop <laughs> squad. There's this, there's that. It's funny, man. But now... I was about to, you know, ask, but and then I just I had to ask that tunnel question. But um, I obviously I did. Um, it was it was supposed to be just like a little. I, I had other people that were doing the podcast with me. First, it was two other people, then it was one person. Now I just do it by myself. But at the time, um, we came up with an idea for me, like to go. Like I go to a lot of shows. I go to a lot of hardcore right. shows. I do a lot of different things. So. Yeah, I see your pictures. Yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. craziness and nonsense. It's fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm 42, it's but I still do shit like... Listen, the, I'm 58. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you, you know about yeah. G-Unit and yeah. shit like so, that. I think yeah. that's hysterical. So, it's all good. So, um, so we came up with an idea that we wanted to do quote-unquote one-on-one episodes. Quick little things here and there. You know, at a venue, at a little spot. I go to horror conventions, talk to somebody, right. whatever. So I hit up Danny Boy. And... They were Coconosha was playing at the Volta's Lounge in Philly, mm -hmm. so I hit him up. I was like, "Yo, you know, would you mind?" I didn't want to break his balls, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure he gets that a lot. And yeah, uh, Danny's a good guy, though. He's 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 listen. He's very sharing of his of his time. That's what I was yeah. just about to say. Like, and and he had mentioned you because he, I hit him up while when I was at the venue, and he's like, "Meet me backstage." 
I was like, but I don't have no like wristband or anything like that, whatever. So, but I went to the guy and he was like, oh, well, you know, and then Danny was right there. I was like, nah, and I showed him the message. I'm like, Danny's waiting for me right now. So I walked backstage and all I was expecting was maybe 15, 20 minutes, just quick, you know, whatever. And it was me and my girlfriend, Nikki, and we walked all the way to the back and we, he was like, hey, let's pull up chairs. And next thing you know, it wound up being like 50 minutes long. Because, and I felt like almost like I was overstaying my welcome because I yeah. know that, that they're about to go on stage and this and that. But then we started talking, and he had mentioned you briefly. He had, And I didn't know you at the time. And he's like, you know who Steve Mona is? And you see him on the Delta Bravo thing because we started talking about right. the whole Delta Bravo urban exploration team. Which, I'm all in with that shit. Like, I I've, I've found out about it maybe... About a year ago or something like that, I was always interested in that kind of shit anyway. Yeah. For some, without even realizing that there was a quote unquote urbex team that does that, and then I saw that, and it was funny because it was like right before I even heard about Danny Boy's thing. I always park on Shore Parkway and like Bay fucking whatever it is. It's like Seventeenth or something right by the fire hydrant. And right by the fucking spot with David Berkowitz murdered somebody. Right. Like, right off of that curve, right there. And where he, got, where he got the summons at the fire hydrant. I park there all the time. So, like, even my girlfriend would be like, oh, where are you? Oh, just parked the car. Oh, where? Where'd you park? Was it fire? I just right in front of Sam. And she'll know exactly where right. I parked. Right. So, but I took that picture before I even knew about it. I was like, oh, this is the spot where, oh, I felt like, all you yeah. know. And then I found out about the Delta Bravo thing, and I'm like, oh, now I'm all in. So now I have shit in my phone, like a queue of spots that I need to hit. And whenever I go somewhere a little different, like the other day, I went to Greenwood. My mother is buried in Greenwood Cemetery. I I did one. There's the the movie Walk Among the Tombstones with Liam Neeson. Mm -hmm. He was filming there. And I was like, all right, the fucking, the movie The Departed, there was a couple of scenes in here. Mm -hmm. But, and you look at the screenshot of it, and you can't really tell because there's, it's not enough in the background. It just looks like a couple of tombstones. Some of them are tough. That was tough, but I got so fucking lucky. I was in there. I was with my daughter two days ago. I was in there, and I, as soon as I walked past the security, I drove past the security guy. I'm like, "Hey, man, do you know the cemetery well?" And he's like, "Nah." And I was like, "Where is this?" He's like, oh, "I have no idea." But there's a guy who's in charge of filming and production and stuff like that of the cemetery. Who's here somewhere? But he might. He probably he lives on the grounds, and he's like off for the day. Right. I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm driving around, and my daughter likes. It. I like to drive around in there anyway. It's a fucking it's beautiful. beautiful. It's it a is. beautiful it cemetery. Really is. So I visit my mother, and we always just drive around or just walk around. So there's a guy, and he's parked, and he doesn't have like a cemetery truck or anything like that. I just pulled over. I was like, hey man, you work here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can I ask you a question? So I get out of the truck and I show him the picture, and I'm like. How, like, I, I don't know who this guy is, right. so I'm like, yeah, like, bullshit. Like, how good do you really know the cemetery? <laughs> he's like, oh, I work here 30 years. I pretty I think I know it pretty well. I showed him the picture. He's like, oh, that's on Mulberry Avenue and Warrior Path. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, who do you think's in charge of filming and production in here? I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was you. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll drive you right over. And I was on the complete wrong side of the cemetery. Yeah. And it's in the spot where I even told him it would have took me six months of walking around and driving around this place to find that spot. 
but I found the spot found from the, the right deposit. Guy, yeah. He gave me his number and everything. He, I showed him. I showed him like the pictures of what I've done. He's like, "That's awesome." I'm like, hey, if you ever need anything, you know, call me up and I'll show you exactly where everything is. Yeah. But he explained the whole day to me and how Leonardo DiCaprio was an asshole, but Matt Damon was cool and Scorsese was awesome. It was like this really cool thing. So I, I got the shot. So now I just went off on a tangent, but. That's what Danny did. Danny Danny Boy created it himself. So so I mean, it's, I, I guess it's been done, you know, by different people. Very right. Stuff, but the, Delta the, Bravo does it the, better. Delta Bravo does it better. We Dan, all know this. Danny was in Tulsa. Right. Um, That's such an incredible thing that he, he did. But but he was in Tulsa years ago. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Lacoca tour, not a not a House of Pain tour. Right. They had a layover, and Danny's a big fan of the Outsiders and the movie and the book. And uh, he I think asked, that was in 06. He asked the concierge at the hotel, hey, does any, oh yeah, just get a cab and they'll take you, all. and they took him to the house. And that's like, and he wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to make something of this. Right. He, he, he posted the picture, he, he posted every once in a while, it's that black and white photo of him looking this way, yes. and the house is behind him. Yep. And, and he put it up on his Facebook page, didn't think anything of it, but by the time he gets back to the hotel, he's got like... All these comments and all these likes, and he's like, "Hey, I'm onto something here." Yeah. And so it kind of grew from that. What I, I'm kind of like, I'm the behind. Like, I don't like being on camera. I hate being. Like, I told you, you I and know. I went through that whole thing with my picture, right? I know. So I, I know. I I'm like, oh, I just wanted to show you. Yeah. Is, are you I'm good like, with yeah, this? Yeah, I don't care. But I, <laughs> so, but I'm. I like like Danny throws me like the tough ones, like find this. Ooh. And, oh, he gives you assignments. Yeah, like like that's like, fucking yeah, dope. like fineness. Like the, my favorite one was he he sends me one. Like it's the middle of the night. Like it's like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, and I get this this you know text fineness, and it's the the, the Barracuda's Clubhouse from Saturday Night Fever. Okay, and I'm like, that's fucking hard. So I'm looking it, at it and I'm going. Now listen, we we will use Google Maps. Just to get us in, get us in an area, right? Or but we're not going to post the Google Map photo. We want to be there. We want to. Oh, we want to. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of a lot of guys will find it on a map and just put it up there. But we no, want to that, 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 that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. So so now I'm 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 looking. I'm throwing it in my head. Google mapping it. I'm like, okay. What I know is, and what we've learned from from doing this for so many years is, it's expensive to move a film crew. Sure. So if they can do something. In the same spot. That's why those two streets in Long Island City, 45th Avenue and 45th Road, get used so much. Because on two blocks in Long Island City, there's limestones, brownstones, frame houses, apartment buildings. They're on those two blocks. Right. Those people must hate it. Yeah. But you <laughs> can you can have Midtown Manhattan, like like Upper West Side and Brooklyn on the same block. Sure. So I'm now I'm going okay. I know they filmed this here and I know they filmed that there. They must have filmed that the same. They got to be in that area. It's got to be around the 40s. So I start up First Avenue. No, I'm not going to even bother. Second Avenue, Third Avenue. No, Fourth Avenue. Okay. So I start Google mapping, bouncing, 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 bouncing. It took me. Now it's like two o'clock in the morning. I want to go to bed, but I got to find this. Right. <laughs> oh, so he texted you and you got up and you went right. No, from I was there. up. You know, he's, oh, okay. he's, he's in LA at the time, a couple hours back. So maybe it was like. 10 o'clock when he, but I'm not, I can't drop go, everything I'm and go like, fucking explore. You, you said this earlier, you go down the rabbit hole. You do. You're like, I gotta find this, I gotta yeah, find that. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Like, it's like, I do it at night, I'll read a news story and it'll say, it's the worst flooding since since the floods of 1939. Well, what about 1939? Yeah. You know, and before you know it, you know, my yeah. wife's like, when are you coming to bed? I'm so busy. I, so I find it. I hit him up, boom, found it. He's like, what? I said, 
it's an old street market. You know, they used to have the the markets. Yeah. I said it's an old it's an old street market. It's it's um like a, a Hasidic Jewish distribution company now, like shipping company. That's great. So Danny happened to be coming to New York like a week or two later. So I, I went 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 over, checked it out, made sure. Yep, this is it. Got it. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't take a picture because Dan, I want to you know Danny's. I want to be with Danny. Well, Danny comes and we get there. They have a fucking shipping container. Ah, oh, so that's the worst. We posted it, but then um, like I think he went back and reposted it. But some of the some of the more interesting stuff that I found was like warriors. I did a whole like, bunch of them. But the best thing is, so so that everybody knows the storyline. Right. Dudes had to get back from the Bronx to Brooklyn. Right. When you tell people that not one scene was filmed in the Bronx, they go, no, right. no, 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 no. And not they, one. And then they tell you where this, where, oh, what about this scene? Nope, no. It's here. No. What about this? Another, the, 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 the Turnbull AC is chasing him in a bus? Yeah. Broadway in Brooklyn. Right. right. By, yeah. yeah. And that was like, I'm like... And how that one fucked us up was even in the Bronx Tale. Yeah, exactly. They changed street signs over on, on Neck Road and yep. East Fifteenth Street. G and G Bar. Yeah, it's, yep. it's fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, the chief said Bay. Yeah, it's not even nowhere near the Bronx. But we we um we did the 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 um that scene was was messed up because the staircase they ran up. Yeah. Is no longer there, right? So that 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 was the Conway Street entrance mm-hmm. to, to, to Broadway East New York, that huge train station. Yeah. Well, they they, they ripped it down. Right. Sometime in the nineties. So yeah. you're looking up that block, and, and everything it, looks right, but there's no train station. Right. There's train so station. much. I hit up. I did a lot of Coney. I, I go to Coney Island all the time. Yeah. So like, I did like Requiem for a Dream is Coney Island. Mm-hmm. Um, Angel Heart with De Niro and Mickey Rourke. There's actually a couple of scenes in Coney Island that I hit. Yep. And I did a bunch of Warriors stuff. And there's some stuff that it's just nowhere near the same. Obviously, yeah. that was... When was the Warriors? 79? 79. And, all right, 2018. So there was one picture where I am literally... The, the, it's the Warriors are walking towards, and there's like these little archways in the background, and I am. It was taken from like a, like a ladder of some mm-hmm. sort where it was filmed, but I am literally up against a wall that wasn't there when you know it's like the part right. of the Luna Park. So I'm up against a wall that wasn't there, and I'm trying to keep my hands up, and I'm taking a pic. I'm taking all kinds of pictures, and then the only thing out of the entire thing that I could line up is. One little piece of the cyclone in the background. Everything else is completely gone. Same thing with Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino, where he's in front of the bank mm-hmm. screaming Attica. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the hardest things for me to line up because it's just houses now. Yeah. And it's just it's completely different. Yeah. And that's what's really fucking cool about it. It's like you go there and you're just like, wow, like this was filmed here, or this famous picture was filmed here, or this video was filmed right. here. And and it's just so much different. And it's, we're losing so much of that that to document it. Yes. You know, one of the funny things, the easiest thing to find we were talking about a cemetery earlier. Yeah. The scene Greenwood. in that movie, in in, in Warriors, where 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 the, the guys on that statue. Yes. Looking, we Danny and I wrote. I said to him, "It's got to be this cemetery." Because yeah. we went and took the pictures on Conway right. and Broadway, and then we're like, "Got to got to be." Well, how are you going to find a statue in a in, in, a, right. in a in a cemetery? We literally pulled in. I made the right, and in the center, I made the right. Danny goes, "Stop, right there." No shit. Like, yeah, it was like I thought for sure we were going to be riding around the cemetery all day. Oh, yeah. what cemetery this, is that? Uh, Evergreen. Oh, okay. So it's on Bushwick, 
Just right. before you get on uh, the Jackie Robinson. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Greenwood is fucking Greenwood enormous. And it's just, and it was just like in a spot where there's nothing that really stands out. It's like, all right, there's a there's a cross, and there's a regular tombstone, and there's one little spiky thing, but then you look around yourself, and you're surrounded yeah. by all of that. Yeah. So it's it was like nearly impossible. It's, you know, some of the stuff, some of the crazy stuff they do too. Like like if you remember the movie Bullet with uh, Tupac and, 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 Mickey and, Rourke. and Mickey Rourke. So there was a that was a, there was a lot of that was filmed by Lafayette. Well, it's yes. filmed a lot of me. So, but the the one scene that had the the um there was a there was a paint there was a mural of Jesus on a on a handball wall. Yes, and it said "Thou shalt not kill." Yes. Well, that was there. They didn't do that for the movie. Right. Right. So they set up the filming, and after they get everything set up, they realize that they can't get the right angle. Ah. There's no way to get the right angle, if if only that mural was on this handball wall. So what did they do? They brought a guy in and reproduced the same mural on the other handball wall. Really? Yep. I was living... I lived on Bay 43rd Street. No shit. Watched them do it. No shit. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, like I said, I have several things in my phone that I need to hit. Like, yeah. so many in the city. Like, I had no idea... It's like obviously for all these people listening who don't have the gist, it's basically what we do is we go around like to famous, like I just said, like movies, video shoots, famous pictures. There's, there's crime, be, crime scenes. Crime where, scenes. Where famous people were born or yeah, famous I mean, people Joe died. DiMaggio in the middle of a street somewhere yep. playing stickball somewhere yeah. and someone finds that actual spot, finds that picture and then goes there, lines it up, takes a regular picture and then superimposes the other picture on top of it to line it up as good as they can possibly Or if you're have. really, really good and, and, and you're photogenic like Jimmy is, you take a picture of yourself doing the same scene. Yeah, you know, no, but, I, I haven't done that yet Butchie, though. Butchie does that a lot. Yeah, yeah I Butchie's see a few good. guys Butchie's, doing Butchie's that. good at that. You know, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun and, and some people, are so, like, it's like, oh man, like, like it was like, it was like the anniversary of like, I think Prodigy from Mob Deep died. And on that day, I think somebody posted, I don't remember who posted it, Probably but like, and it's like, on this day, blah, 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 and then it's a fucking Mob Deep fucking thing. So it's like, I have a few, see, now I'm thinking, now I go and there's a, there's a spot like in Central Park, a little weird spot in Central Park that I want to hit, but I'm not going to say it now because I want to post it sometime in, in the middle of August for somebody's birthday. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so it's like this whole thing. Right. So it's just it's just interesting, fun shit. And I don't go crazy out of my way. Like, if I happen, well, there was a couple of days where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go out, I'm going to go to the city, I'm just going to go hit spots. And I did. Raging Bull, The Exorcist in Manhattan. Which I saw I, the Raging Bull stuff, The Exorcist stuff. My yeah. wife will sometimes say to me, like, like we, we, my wife and I got married on the Amalfi Coast in Italy uh, when okay. she first left the UK. She lived in Positano okay. for two years, so we that we just love that part of, of it. We love Italy totally, but that area is means something to us. And sure. we were down there, you know, for the wedding thing. And my wife's like, "You think any TV or movies were filmed here?" And I, I always That's awesome. I look it up, and and it's it's uh, Charles Bronson, okay, um, the, the mechanic. Okay, I so, haven't seen it. I don't so think. old school, it was redone yeah. years ago. But it was, it was Jan Michael Vincent and 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 Charles Bronson. So in one scene, he walks out of this gelato shop, and this is a movie from like the seventies. Right. He walks out of a gelato shop, and he's got the cone in his mouth. Right. Well, the gelato shop is still there. Probably exactly the same. Exactly thing. the same. That's crazy. So I go in and get a gelato. Of course. And it's one of those few times where I've got on camera. <laughs> and I've got the cone in my mouth in the same. You know. Yeah. There's a couple of couple of scenes there. It's like that's the fun stuff. Like my motorcycle club for years we'd have this fundraiser at the Lodi Boys and Girls Club in Jersey okay I knew 
that the, the upstairs room we used because it was like this big escalator never realized why we never used the downstairs room or why I'd never been in there right. it was a pool I had no idea it was a pool no shit it's this giant pool it's the pool from the Maury's wig commercial from, no from shit. Goodfellas yeah Maury's wigs don't yeah, come Maury's off wigs don't, and Maury's wigs flash don't come off right somebody took the picture and posted it and I'm like I didn't even know there was a really uh, another pool scene. Uh, well, not really a pool scene, but uh, New York Athlete, New York Sport Club on uh, Cranberry Street or Clark Street, Clark Street down okay. downtown Brooklyn. Um, that used to be it's the back end of the St. George Hotel. Okay, so you can see the, the the trim on the walls, but it used to be a bar right. and a pool. Well, what they did was they they bricked up the pool. The pool is now. Like a, like a wading pool. It's maybe five feet wide by five feet long. Right. And the rest of the floor, they, they filled the pool in, and it's a gym. Okay. You can still see the trim, the right. tile trim. If you look high enough up the, the, you know, of course, they put, you know, sheetrock around these columns. Right. But if you look way up, you see the trim, the, the, right. the tile trim. Sometimes that's all you resort, that's that's all you have all to, resort to. Yeah, there's like these little tiny little things that still remain. But the remain. scene, it wasn't even a pool scene. It, when Luca Brazzi gets choked in in, in really? uh, Godfather, that the bar was there somewhere. You really can't tell where the bar is anymore. Right. But you could see the the yeah yeah. It was just like I hit up. Um, it was a place down in Little Italy. Well, it was it was on Spring Street, and it's a crepe store. It's a where they sell crepes now, right. and it's all glass and it's all neon and everything like that. But it's the location of the ending of Pope of Greenwich Village. Where he fought. My favorite movie. Is it? Yes. Where, where, where you know, Burt Young crashes yep, through and yep, show. Yep. So I'm. I, I put I'm, lie in his coffee. Yes, they did. <laughs> so I'm front of. I, I'm back, and the only thing that exists from that, I mean, you can see the beams, because it's all green in right. the movie, but in but you see where the beams are, where they have the big plates, but then on, the, on each side of those windows, they never change, like the little metal paneling. It's like mm-hmm. this, little, this little weird design. On each side, but that's the only thing that even exists from it. Up until a few years ago, because I lived on McDougal between West Third and Bleecker. Okay. Um, up until a few years ago, the, the cheese shop was on Sullivan Street. They were still selling mozzarella there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shit. I mean, they closed up probably recently. Probably you know, rent must have went up, or they sold of the course. building for fifty million dollars. But yeah, that that was the right on Sullivan Street, right off of uh, right off of House. Really? Street. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy doing that shit, man. I'm glad I found that group. I'm glad Dan, like like we were saying before, like <clears throat> he couldn't have been fucking nicer, more humble, more like forthcoming with just information to how he got all wrapped up and he spoke about the outsider's house and the Delta Bravo thing and you know how somebody bought the Christmas story house and they turned that into a museum. museum. So he's doing the same thing with the, this one and you know, it's just it's just a really fucking cool thing. You know, it's, it's funny. He, he can be, a, you know, you look at him, he's 6'7". He's, he's, he's a fucking yeah, he's, big boy. I met him in passing briefly, like once or twice in like 1992. Yeah. Like that's when House of Pain was the House was of Pain. Up, yeah. and it was a huge jump around. had like just come out. So it was everywhere. And I I said, I don't even know if I've said it on an episode before, but I've, I said it since that if you would have told me in 1992 that... I would be speaking with Danny Boy from House of Pain backstage at a place in Philly talking about fucking C. Thomas Howell and yeah. fucking Pony Boy. And like, I would be like, what he's, the fuck he, are you smoking? Yeah, you, know? you look at him, like, he can be, a, he looks intimidating, 
but he's right. like this big teddy bear. Yeah, he's and such I hope a he doesn't mind me saying that. But he's he's. But I'm sure he's a big guy, so I'm sure that that teddy bear can get a little. You know, if he everyone needs to, has but, that. But of you know course. what? He just he's so um, forthcoming with his story. He is, and 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 sharing of 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 the, you know it, it's it's all about you know for him it's all about you know you get sucked in yeah. to his world yeah um, and and the, I've made a lot of friends through him. Um, and and met him, you know. It's like I met met Everlast through Caves, and met K, met Danny through Everlast, and and I'm still friendly with Eric. But but my relationship with Danny, Danny, and I like related. Yeah. You know, we. I feel like he's like he's like my my little brother. Yeah. My big little brother. Yeah, big little yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm just older, but um, you know, my, my wife, you know, and I love. You know, we 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 were out in Tulsa earlier this I year. Need, and, I need yeah. to go there. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's... I need so, to fucking go to that outsider's house. Not just the not just the outsider's house itself, but Tulsa is is, is amazing because... And this is that's all right, stuff I learned right from here. Danny. So yeah. Tulsa was the Abu Dhabi of the United States back in the oil boom, early 1900s. Okay. Big houses, big, you know, big, beautiful buildings. So in the United States... The three cities with the most Art Deco buildings: yeah. New York, Chicago, Tulsa. Really? Downtown Tulsa, all these Art Deco buildings, the the apartment building that well, it's half apartment, half hotel where Danny lives. Yes. Gorgeous old school. Art yeah, what is Deco. it called? It's the the, the Mayo. The Mayo. The Mayo. Or, uh, old school, um, you know, Art Deco stuff. The people there are, are really, really amazing. Tulsa's got 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 so many different stories. Um, some bad stories, uh, you know. You know, talk about the the race riots yeah. in the twenties, which were perpetrated by white people, right. on, you know, on African Americans, which is a horrible story in itself. But but by and large, Tulsa has this fantastic story, and they just want people to you know like yeah. come to Tulsa. And I mean, Route sixty six goes right through the middle of town. Right. Um, there's great restaurants. There's there's landmark. You know, Kane's Ballroom is is, is on the National Registry. It, there's no direct flight. Right into Tulsa, though. No, you have to fly to Dallas first. I know. Yeah. I looked. At, I looked yeah. through. I looked at. It, I'm like. I'm like. Well, I have to fly to Dallas and then drive. I flew. You know, it's it's a it's a quick, forty five minute flight. You know, but it, yeah, it's it's um, it, it, you know, I took my wife there and she was like. Tulsa? I'm like, yeah. We flew into Dallas, and my wife's like a big fixer-upper fan, so I took her to see... How far of a drive is it, though, from Dallas to it's, Tulsa? It's probably four or five hours, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a but, mission. Yeah, but it's, but it's you know, it's 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 the mid- Midwest people are, like, just so welcoming, no matter where you go. Yeah. And especially if you, you, you've had a Brooklyn accent... Oh, oh yeah, they love it. Yeah, you know they want to hear about you know pizza and of course uh, all know. the same. Yeah, of <laughs> course, of course they do. No. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, one day I'm gonna make it out there and yeah. I'm just, praying that he doesn't because he's talking about opening a museum. For those that don't know, um, Danny bought the house that the outside is uh, the Curtis Brothers house from the movie. Yeah, um, he's turning it into a museum. Uh, with a lot of backing from some great people in Tulsa, including and, and the author of The Outsiders, S.E. Hinton jumped on board. Um, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio have been out to the house, uh, and, and a, a whole host of other people. Darren Dalton. Uh, I'm leaving people out. I don't mean to, but um, it, it's a great thing that he's doing. And it's funny. I, I didn't really realize the impact of it until I've, I've been there a few times. And like we had we, last time I was there, I'm there with my wife and and, and Danny's wife, and he's showing me, you know, the, you know where, where he's gotten. And these two dudes come up, 
um, two black dudes, and they're like, you know, hey, oh, sorry, we're, you know, it's not open. Oh, okay. And the guy's like, and you know, Danny can't just let somebody walk away. He's like, is everything, you know? And the yeah. guy goes, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm at the military base over in Fort Sill. He goes, I just drove here because I'm a big fan of the movie and the book. And Danny heard that the guy was a, you know, an army vet, and he's like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, you know, like you drove all the way here from 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 Oklahoma City. Come on in. Yeah, and you know, and, and so, but th- th- I've watched it when I've been there. People pulling up, taking photos. The the book meant so much to so many people, and it's such a you know, a lot of schools make your kids read it. Sure. So it's like anytime I've been there, there's like a steady cavalcade of people. Really, it's not a great neighborhood. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, the first time I went there, when I got in a cab from the hotel, and I said to the guy, 731 North St. Louis, and he pulled away from the curb, jammed on the brakes, he turns, he goes, you know that's the other side of the tracks, right? Which is where that expression comes from. Right. And I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, oh, oh, that's the Curtis Brothers house. I know where you're going. Because he looked at me and like, you know, I mean, the neighborhood is like around it. But what's happening is people are now starting to take a little bit of pride. Yeah. Because there's, 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 there's things being done you know the city came in and, and did the sidewalk and you know put up new you know this and so now other people are like wait a minute I can't have these people coming here in my house look like this so they're right. kind of building it up so um, I'm excited I just hope that when because he's talking about maybe opening later this year I'm going to kill him if I'm on vacation and I'm, I'm away when he does this because right. it happened once already where he's had like a big opening and I've been away <laughs> So I'm hoping, matter of fact, I need to call him and make sure, like, dude, don't do it the first week of October because I'm not around. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You think he'll listen to you? He might. <laughs> you, if should you, call, want, listen. you should call him and put him on speaking. Yo, listen, I'm, you're on a podcast <laughs> right now. If he wants a place to stay when he visits, right. he wants to continue to have his bedroom when he visits, <laughs> he's going to have to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like I don't care if it's either it's either a road trip or fly to Dallas and fucking drive whatever. But one day I, I have to I have to make it out there. Yeah, it's just it's 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 one of my favorite movies. Regardless, before I even heard about yeah. all that, I'm like, oh, the outside is house. Yeah. Like that's fucking awesome. It's just it's it's just you, you'll find that that the the people there and and what they got going on in Tulsa is just so amazing. Um, you know, it's it's become like and I, I'm a Midwest. Guy, I love the Midwest. I, you know, I've got friends and family out there, um, but Tulsa's become like my favorite destination. Really? Yeah, it's just it's got like a, it's like got like a small town feel in a kind of a what well, we wouldn't consider it a big city, right? But it, but it's it's like big city, small town at the same time. Okay. It's it's got. Um, I mean, Danny's doing this um, on Mondays. They do this uh, Burger Brothers thing. I see that yeah. all the time. Yeah. What is that? Like I, I see him post all about this Burger Brothers. So there's a lot of old school burger joints in okay. Tulsa. Um, that that have made it through 50, 60, 70 years. They've been around. Right. And so um, Danny's become a kind of a bit of a celebrity in Tulsa. He's a big guy. Yeah. He's doing something that, that everybody loves. So I know he, he, he speaks at schools and shit like which that. Is, which which you know, made me so proud of him, too, to, to, awesome. to know where he's come from and see him talking to school kids. You know? Yeah. And, and so it's really great. But he's um, he's fallen in uh, with, with one of the local news anchors there. And they visit these, uh, they do like a little five-minute snippet on, on not every, I guess not every Monday, but on Mondays, they go out to like another burger joint and they, they, oh, they do cool. this burger thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because that's part of the Delta Bravo Eats part, because we, we eat well, too. Oh. We don't just travel well. Oh, we so well. now there's like little offshoots of Delta Bravo. There actually Bravo is another page, Delta Bravo Eats. Is it? I don't think we use it much, but there is another page, yeah. It's I like, know. that's like Big DS. That's his... Uh, 
That's his rub. You know, oh, okay. Dave, Dave is Dave is our key to like restaurants and. Oh, uh, so, yeah. they're not gonna search it up now. You're yeah. gonna have me fucking running around the fucking food spots now. Probably fucking. Yeah, you'll gain fifty pounds. That's why I don't lose any weight. Just, <laughs> you know, save room. Save room. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, it's fucking. It's awesome to to know where where Danny came from, what he what it was, and then where he came from, and then what he's doing now. It's fucking. Yeah. It's awesome, and he's his humility. His yeah. humility is it's, fucking. Yeah, and he's just so open and, and, and about it. And it's not even like a full of shit thing. You know what I mean? It's like I sat there and I was talking with him. I was like a weirdo. I had my phone and I'm sitting there with him and he's talking. And even like my girlfriend was just like, wow, like. Like just you, you get. Yeah, there's no air. I have a bullshit all. detector as right. well as you do too. Right. It's like I could smell it on you if you're fucking phony. But like he seemed like so, so fucking genuine. Yeah, and it's awesome, man. Yeah, he's and, then, uh, and his wife is such a sweetie, and they're like they're like they're a great love story. My, my wife and I joked that it was literally the fastest wedding I've ever been to. Really? Oh yeah, it was like 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 we blinked, and if you blinked, you missed it. Yeah. Do you, Danny, take treasure to be a lawfully wedded wife? I do. Do you t- take Danny to be a lawfully wedded husband? I do. You now make kiss the bride. Done. Boom. That was it. That's all you need. That's all you need. Exactly. That's all you exactly. need, exactly. man. Trim a, the fucking fat. It, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was a great quick ceremony. You know, yeah. And, uh, Nobody fucking likes yeah. to go to weddings. Everyone says, oh, it's so great. Yeah. It's like, let's get no. the fuck out of here. No. He, had, he, had a, he had an old school espresso machine, a taco truck, Dope. and some Pellegrino. That's all we needed. It was a great day. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. Fuck, man. How long are we going? I have no idea. I have no idea. We're in seven. So what else? What else? You got any more things off the top of your head? You got a beach anywhere? Whatever. I don't have to be anywhere. Um, no, I... I what are you talk about you want to talk about your bike club or what you, what you do as far I as talk about the, I, can, I can always talk about my bike club. I've been... Uh, I, I know you touched on it. You said that you do something in Lodi. Yeah, so so I'm. So that's I'm, what made me, you know. I'm uh, I'm on the executive board of the parent chapter of the Nom Knights Motorcycle Club. Okay. It's a military and law enforcement club. Um, I've been in the club 25 years. We have our 30th anniversary next year. Okay. Um, 70 chapters up and down the East Coast, a few in the Midwest, and, and two in Canada. Um, 90% of the guys are vets, cops, or both, and um, we mandate, and, and not that if we didn't mandate it, they'd do it anyway, um, we're, we're all char- we do charitable, charitable works, right. for uh, mostly for veteran police charities, but, you know, kids, yeah. you know, domestic violence, you name it, we do a bunch of different things, um, where we, get, we collect money, we give it away. We drive our accountant crazy, because we don't keep anything for ourselves. Right. But, uh, you know, we're a legit motorcycle club. You have to prospect to get in, and you have to have a Harley or an Indian or something American-made. Um, great bunch of guys, like family to me. Um, some, of the, some of the older uh, clubs started out as a Vietnam veterans club. Really? Um, that, hence the word Nam yes. in the name. Um, and then they realized if they didn't open it up to younger guys, eventually, you know, the club would die out. So, um, where, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Vietnam veterans, we have, like, a, our back patch is like a dragon. Um, center patch. Um, the dragon has a Vietnam campaign ribbon in its claws. Okay. Unless you're a younger guy, then like you see on my tattoo here, right. I've got the American flag. So we've got Iraq vets, Desert Storm vets, Afghanistan, okay. all kinds of stuff. But we're, um, I mean, the guy, the older guys, the, the Vietnam vets, got me through my shit after 9/11. You know, it was it was a That's rough. That's right. Time. You are, you are a 9/11 first responder. Yeah, and so um, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't realize how how messed up I was. 
um, I was being interviewed by someone. Is that physically, like physically? Well, physically, or, I had some physical, mentally. I had some physical stuff going on that that I, I went through this holistic medical program and, and got myself cleared up of every medication but one. I was on a bunch of different things, right. but me- mentally, I thought I was okay, right? And I wasn't, and and my wife could tell you I wasn't okay, and my kids will tell you I wasn't okay, but I thought I was okay, right? And it wasn't until. Um, a few years ago and I'm being interviewed for something with the club and I'm with the club founder who's a Vietnam veteran and was the undersheriff in Bergen County, Jack Quigley, who's one of my closest friends. And the woman interviewing us said, so did you have any, um, you know, mental, you know, issues after 9-11? And I was about to say no. And Jack said, yeah, he was all fucked up. And I looked at him, I go, I was? And he goes, "Oh, oh, yeah. And I'm like, so yeah, I was. I yeah, guess. I, you know. So, um, huh. but, you know, they were the guys that you know took me aside and sat me down and got my head straight. So, yeah. Um, yeah, great thing. I love love the guys in the club and love traveling with them. And I've actually um, gotten them a few Delta Bravo things. We were at a we were in Fernandina Beach, a couple, couple uh, last November. We go to this every year. A bunch of us, like two hundred of us, go down to Fernandina Beach, Florida. For a weekend, like right before Thanksgiving, just the guys. Yeah. And uh, I grabbed uh, two of my close friends in the club. One who's in my chapter up here, and one who's down in the Florida, one of the Florida chapters. And said, "Hey, come on, we got to go take a picture of uh, Pippi Longstocking's house." Oh shit! And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Just, just come with." Just, me. just never yeah. mind. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Which is another one of Danny's favorite movies. So Pippi um, Longstocking. Pippi, don't ask me why. You'll have to ask him. But, yeah, it's it's but, Fast Times at Ridgemont you know, High. The outside is Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> <laughs> but but I knew the house because I looked it up and the house is in Amelia on Amelia Island. I'm on Amelia Island, so how hard could it be to find right. a house? And we found it. It wasn't it wasn't hard at all. It was like that was one of the things there because it wasn't a whole lot. Right. There. Yeah. That and the oldest bar in Florida. So, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> found that easy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so are you doing all right as far as nine eleven? Yeah. And- I, I think I am. I mean, I'm. Uh, you know, it, it's a little scary when you watch. There's so many guys have died since. Yeah. Um, and and so more, more more is it like more people way have, more like way hundreds, more like hundreds have, yeah way more people have died post nine eleven post nine eleven in the NYPD especially um, the fire department I'm not sure where they're at because they lost so many guys that day yeah um, but we are in the three hundred and forty three I believe forty three yeah and we only lost twenty three um, but. We're way above that now. And social media becomes like this double-edged sword because everything's right in your face. Right. Like, like I might not have found out that so-and-so died from 9-11 related cancer if not for every day, you know. And, and people, it, they mean well or it's their friend and they want to, maybe it's a guy I didn't per se know, but they want to, you know, memorialize him. Hey, I'm sorry to report, you know, John Doe who right. worked in... This precinct, you know, we worked together, passed away from 9-11. So you see it every day. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of sit there and go, wow, you know, am I, am I a ticking time bomb? Right. Or, or am I? And, and the, the really messed up thing about it is I've seen guys get sick that were there as long as me. Right. I've seen guys get sick that were there longer than me. So, And I've seen guys get sick that were there nowhere near as long as I was. How long were you on the pile for? We were there till, um, we were, we were Obviously, there. you went there. Were you there? Did you go down there that day? That day. Right. Um, we were there um, through the end of the year. Um, uh, in, you know, six, seven days a week at the first, then six, then five, and then eventually I got down to where I was. Right around Christmas, I started going just a couple days a week, and my guys were going back to being... You know, back on patrol, we'd send a small cadre of guys, yeah, because um, emergency service. By that point, it got to the point where it was just a kind of a uh, by 
I'd say mid-December. It right. was more of a construction site, and, and the fire department and the NYPD's emergency service unit, which took the bulk of the deaths um, that day, they kind of had enough people working where we would just supplement. Yeah. So I would pick it up, you know, a couple of days a week here and there. And yeah. at my rank, you know, I, you know, I can pretty much go and come as I please. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's scary. It's, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's, you it's crazy. I mean, I I watch. I mean, it's it, it's funny how I mean, I get a decent amount of people that listen to this to this thing, and and for some weird reason, maybe because we're in Brooklyn and we're just New Yorkers or whatever, but it seems like nine eleven comes up. More often than not, like like on this show for some, for, I don't know why. Yeah. But um, I remember I remember that day vividly. That's like my generation's like Kennedy. You right. know what I mean? I wasn't alive right. when Kennedy was killed. Right. But it's just like where were you? And I remember exactly like crystal clear exactly what I was doing. This that and the other thing. I watched the second plane hit live on TV. This that and the Same other with thing. Me. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, and then. One of my best friends. I don't get to see him very often because he. I know that his his wife is having another baby, and I. One of my best friends. His name is Chris. I'm not going to say his last name, but he was just fresh out of the academy, fireman, fresh out. Did, wasn't even assigned a house yet. I get a phone call. I'm watching the TV. It's, it's chaos. I'm getting mad, full crazy phone calls. Chris calls me up. He's like, yo, man, I just wanted to let you know I'm going down there. Everybody got recalled. I'm going down there. So I'm like, fuck. I'm like, all right, man. Like, dude, like, hit me up. Call me. Be careful. What do you, what do you say? You know? Yeah. So this was when the second plane had just got hit. Like, like they were, both towers were still standing. Right. And so he goes down there. Obviously, he's on a rig, so he has access to get down there. I don't speak to this kid for like four days. And I'm just like... Yeah, I didn't go home for the first two. Yeah. And then I was drinking at the time. Like, I haven't drank in years now. But, like, I was younger and crazy and whatever. And I was drinking and shit. And so in my mind, I'm starting to bug out. Like, you know, I really don't be needed to go to this fucking kid's funeral, this, that, and the other thing. But it was it was crazy. Like, his coping. And, and so far, thank God, he thinks he's okay physically, health-wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he was... I was actually... It was like episode, like, 20-something... I wanted him to come on the show, but but basically because we've been through crazy times together, right. and I guess it was kind of my fault because I made this fly. And plus, I was I asked him to tell his nine eleven thing because that was his first day as a legitimate fireman. I didn't notice until recently there was like like six guys. And I, I, I apologize if I got the number wrong, but there was like six guys who hadn't even graduated the academy yet. Like they were, they were put out there. I, I mean, I know, I know it's a fact, but I yeah. don't know the number. It might have been six. It might have been eight. But they, they, they were killed wow. at their at the, at the at their um, graduation ceremony at Madison Square Garden. They had empty seats. For wow. Them. With their names on the wow. seats, I had I had no idea. Yeah, I just I, found I, recently. I, I just found that yeah. out. She's telling me. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I I asked him. You know, would you want to come on? And he's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. So I make this whole flyer, and there's a, he sends me a picture of him with his whole uniform on and shit. I made this crazy flyer, and, you know, the, the logo for FDMY in the back, and blah, 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 blah. And, and what I did was I put it up on social media, 
and like on like Instagram, like there's like the official pages of like the FDNY mm-hmm. right. and shit. So I'm tagging, and like, they see it, and they see it. Next thing you know, that's a no, no. Yeah. He texts me. He's like, Jim, we have a problem, and he sends me a picture. Of one of his friend in a different house sent him a picture of him taking a picture of his computer with that flyer on it in some fucking firehouse in like Long Island City or some yeah. shit like that. And he's like, I can't do it. He's like, that is one thing that the fire department, it's like they... Police department's the same way. You don't talk about that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's not even that. Everything goes through the... the Public information office. They right. want to know what you're talking about. What are you going to talk about? Right. You know, wh- who's the audience? You know, who's the interviewer? All this other stuff. You know, it, it's it's a it's yeah. crazy. So I had to pull out. And we yeah. just did like this impromptu, whatever, just yeah. blah 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 episode. Me and the two other guys at the time. But I was like, yeah, and some of it had to be edited out because I started. I was pissed off. Yeah. I'm like, my motherfucker, like these fucking you can't fucking come on and tell the fucking 9/11 story. Kid could have got killed. All he's doing is telling the story. Yeah. But I guess I guess there's no, the politics involved, and you can't. Yeah. So, and I asked him recently again. I was like, "Yo, you want to give it another shot?" He's like, "He's like, Jim, I'd fucking bury a body for you, and then go to a fucking drive-through and fucking sleep well at night." But I can't do the podcast. Can't do the podcast. I'm like, "All right, man, hey, yeah, fair enough." Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I forgot that I saw it on your thing. He says you were a 911 first responder. Yeah. It's a fucking heavy thing, man. It's fucking insane. You know, it's uh, like you said earlier. It's like it's like our, you know, this generation's Kennedy. Kennedy this, you know, the past generations, you know, Pearl Harbor. Sure. Um, you know, I, I was at work. Uh, you know, one of my cops. I was I was hungover sleeping. One of my cops stuck his head in my office, he, and I remember what he said. He said, "Hey, Lou, put the TV on." I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "Some idiot in a Piper Cub hit the." They thought it was a private plane. Of course. No idea. He said somebody... That's what a lot of people thought. Somebody in a little Piper Cub hit the World Trade Center. I'm like, no kidding. I turned the TV on, and literally, the TV, like, was an old, you know, old NYPD issue TV. So it was like, took a few seconds to start up. (laughs) And and the TV fires up, and literally, as soon as the screen showed the the news, the second plane hit. And I just looked, and I went, uh, get everybody in uniform. And he's like, what? I said, tell everybody to get in uniform. I said, this is no, this is not like an act. Like I thought at first I was watching a re- replay, but yes. then I realized the building was already on fire when the second one hit. Right. Like, okay, it's not a replay. And I remember the craziest thing. Like, you know, you, I'm, the guys are now, it's going to take them 10, 15 minutes to get all suited up. And, you know, you don't think. Right. I thought about it afterwards. You know what the first thing I did? What did you do? I shaved. <laughs> I walked. I had a little private bathroom in my office. I walked in the bathroom and shake. I'm going to be in uniform. I got to shave. I took my electric razor and I shaved because I had like probably the same growth that I have right. now. What's the habit? Like, the habit. It's like you know, wow. It's like really. And I remembered trying to get into the city and people were trying to get out, and we were we were blocked. Like you know how 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 those assholes last minute try to get on the belt uh, onto the Verrazano yes. Parkway. Annoying as shit, right? Yeah. Well, this is worse. The lanes are literally blocked. Like like all three. I get out of the van and I'm screaming at people. Oh. The fuck out of the Yeah. You know, I was like, we need to get down there. It was like crazy, crazy. And I didn't go home for two days. So when 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 you were on their way on your way down, did the buildings collapse already? They, they, yeah. By the time we got there, they were down. Um, they were down already. Um, and then they sent us to some other locations um, because they were concerned about. You know, secondary devices. Sure. And, and there's an emergency exit for the subway right underneath um, the UN. Right. And so they sent us there. Uh, I went with a team there, and it was a, it was the weirdest thing because the city was so quiet, like people were just getting out. 
and it was like nobody by the UN. The UN was like there was no cars. It was like like a ghost town. And I remember seeing um, Pierre Shuri, who was the Swedish ambassador to the United Nations, to, to, to the United Nations, and I knew him because um, the NYPD had uh, for many years had been sending me and a. And a um, the transit authority was sending one of their big shots to Scandinavia to talk to them about graffiti. So I had met all these people, and I remember seeing him because there's like a cloud of dust, you know, you know yeah. and and really quiet. And he's a you know tall Swedish, you know, like Scandinavian looking guy. Yeah. And I remember I got out of the van and was I'm waiting for the guys to check the exit. I hear Lieutenant, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, Mr. Sure. And he 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 hugged me. Huh. And gave me his business card and said, "Be careful." I still have his business card. I honestly don't even know if he's still. If you yeah. told me he passed away, I would I wouldn't be able to tell you. Right. But I remember he gave me his business card. And he said, "Be careful." Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, yeah. like really crazy. And then and then we stopped. Like the day went on, and we were doing some other stuff. We were going to the site, then leaving and coming back. And I remember being at. A pizzeria. We like just grab a slice of pizza or something, and we we walked into this pizzeria on um, Delancey Street, right by you know right off of the Williamsburg Bridge, and there was like a bunch of kids playing video games, and I remember thinking to myself, do they have any clue? Right. Like what's going on? Like just a few blocks from here, just like it seemed like like it was like really weird. Like people yeah. were like were like in panic, and then people were like it was like. Yeah, this happens all the time. Buildings fall down all the time. With, Fucking know, so crazy. It was crazy. It was really crazy. Yeah, it's an odd thing. Yeah. I, t- I told my guys, I said, listen, I said, you know, people were being really nice to us. Um, you, know, can, you know, can I hug you? Can I buy you lunch? Whatever. And I told my guys, listen, eventually, they, you know, we're going to go back to being cops. Sure. And they're, they're going to hate us again. Sure. They're always going to love the firemen, but eventually, we're going to go back to being cops, and they're going to hate us again. So enjoy... You know, listen, it's a bad time. It's it's the worst possible time in my career. But it, those little things that are happening that are nice and yeah. people getting along. Hold on to that shit. Hold on to that because um, eventually it's going to go back to being. And I, rem- I it was for me, I remember the exact moment it went back for right. me. We, we They were kind of like opening up streets. You know, every week you'd get another street open. Yeah. Kind of making the, the site smaller and smaller. Right. And they had opened up this one street, and but they had inadvertently left the subway entrance open where people were coming up into the middle of a, a frozen zone. And so before we could get the gates closed or get the things sealed up, some people had come up and I said, hey, folks, listen, you can't be here. You have to go back down the stairs, walk back to the other side of the train station. I'm so, so sorry, but you can't come up here. You're in the middle of a crime scene, basically. And everybody but this one woman said, to me, I need to be right there. I'm like, ma'am, I get it. You got to go down those stairs, come back up the other side, and then you can go across the street. Gave me a hard time. Finally, she said to me, I said, ma'am, you cannot come this way. Yeah. And she looks at me and she goes, how many cops from the NYPD died on 9-11? I said, 23, ma'am. She goes, it was one, one short. Oh, what a con. I'm like, wow, really? Like, okay, yeah. have a nice day, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that for uh, me was like my, okay, we just went back to me. Yeah, yeah, now we're cops <laughs> yeah, again. We're cops again. This um, fucking lady. But yeah, and, you know, we had some great, we had some, some interesting... Um, Times there, uh, Dennis Hopper spent some time with us. Really? And he, yeah. We really, I got, a, I got a call from a friend of mine who's a cop in Hoboken, and he says, "Hey, one of my bosses is friends with Dennis Hopper." Hmm. I'm like, "Okay." And this is like, you know, a week after the yeah. collapse. Said, what does this and have to do like, with anything? He goes, "Dennis is dating uh, a, a model 
and he wants to get an Dennis NYPD. Hop is nuts. He's, he, he wants her to wear an NYPD shirt on the runway as a tribute. Can you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He'll call this number. So I'm going to call on his, his publicist or whoever she was. And she says, yeah, just take the shirt, put it in a, in, you know, here's the account number, FedEx, just, you know, send it. And she and it's okay. She goes, "Can we do anything for you?" I'm like, "No, no, we're fine." You know, and so um, I get a, uh, an envelope back at my office a few days later. I have it hanging out on a wall in my in my in my home office, and it's a le- it's a picture of Dennis Hopper with a cigar, and it says, "You know, thank you so much for blah blah blah." blah. And so we get a call one day from this publicist, and she's like, uh, "Mr. Hopper would like to speak to you," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." And get on the phone with him, and he's like. Uh, Hey, um, could I come and hang out with you guys? And I'm like, <laughs> um, he said, listen, uh, no cameras. This is not like a Dennis goes yeah. on vacation. It's not like a photo op. It's not a photo op. He goes, I just want to spend a little time with you guys. He said, if it's no, it's no. But he says, but I promise you, he goes, it's just going to be me. He goes, I'm not going to show up with anybody else. Like, okay. So he flew into Teterboro on a private plane. We picked him up. And he spent the he barbecued hamburgers yeah. with us at Battery Park and no hung out for a couple hours. Yeah, he was real super nice. Yeah, um, left me some cigars, which is always appreciated. So did you save one? You have one like uh, saved? You smoked them all. You smoked them yeah. all. Fuck. You know, what back you then I couldn't keep a humidor. Um, I, I, I I've gotten better at it because my wife bought me a really nice one. But back then I couldn't keep a cigar a month; it would be dried out. So right. I was like, you know, I better smoke it. But he was like super super cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um, Dan Loria. From the Wonder Years, the dad. Yeah, really. Drove, drove a little. He seems like he would be a cool guy. Drove a little John Deere tractor with coffee and snacks. Really. For, for like a month, maybe more. Really. Yeah, really great guy. I mean, there was there were people that obviously were there for the photo op. Yeah. But there were. There I know were, Steve Buscemi was there, but he Buscemi was there working. Yeah, yeah. And like he wasn't people, there for no fucking no, photo op. No, yeah. Steve Buscemi was working with his because he was. I didn't know this until that day. Well, that time he was a firefighter before yeah. he became a. a yeah, I didn't actor. know that either yeah. until after that. And he was working with his old truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, very awesome, Mr. I mean, Pink. Probably nothing he'd want to talk about, which is you know what I'm saying like yeah. that. That to me is like a genuine guy. I'm not here sure. for. I'm not here for the photo op. I'm not here to take a picture. You know, one of the one of the uh, Butchie. You know, one of the Delta Bravo guys, Butchie, yeah. Butchie Pants Down. Um, <laughs> Butchie and I got invited by another Delta Bravo guy, Dom DeMeo, um, to come to the uh, Cantor Fitzgerald 9-11 day. You know, they do like, Cantor does this great thing uh, where they, all the money they make that day, their fees go to 9-11 charities. Really? Yeah, they do it every year. Um, so the money that they made on 9-11? The money, so, on, so every year on 9-11. Right. All their fees, any money they make in fees, and it's millions, goes to 9-11 charities. They designate. As a matter of fact, um, I don't know about this year, but last year I'm with a rescue organization called Heart 9-11. Okay. Um, we were one of the charities that got the money last year. So Dom invited Butchie and I to come to come one year. He was able to bring somebody because he works. He does. He's one of their IT guys. They've clamped down on it because I guess a lot of people were bringing people, and we, we haven't been. But... We meet uh, John Totoro, and Butchie had a bunch of pictures from. He's all over New York yeah. all the time. Like yeah. I have friends of mine that will take a picture of him when yeah. he's on the train. Like he's he's like everywhere. Yeah. So so Butchie had like a Butchie had just done a bunch of pictures for Do the Right Thing. Right. And so he tells Totoro that you know yeah we, we, this is we do this Delta Bravo thing and blah 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 and and Totoro let me see 
And I've got pictures on my phone of Totoro, like, scrolling through each picture. I'm, like, genuinely interested in what we were doing. Really? Like, like he's like, this is really great. You yeah. know, it's like, A lot of people yeah. think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it is. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. But it's nice to see the actual people, you know. I mean, Butchie, Butchie showed up one day. Um, he's doing, like, a bunch of pictures for Do the Right Thing. And, and it was right around the anniversary. And lo and behold, he's on the block. And who's there? Sp- Spike Lee, um, Danny Aiello, and somebody else. I don't remember who the third guy was. And so Butchie's, you know, he's, he's a gutsy guy. And he goes over and he says, oh, Mr. Lee, I'll show you this thing. And, and he had he had photos. And, and he also makes up these um, uh, baseball cards okay. of different things. Like So he's got, like, baseball cards. Like, he's got one set of baseball cards. If you were a sports figure and ever mentioned in a Beastie Boys song, he's got <laughs> Cards. He does. He he taught himself Photoshop when he had gotten injured at work and sat home for a month. Or two. Okay. So he so Spike Lee starts going through the photo book, and they were having this big block party on that Saturday. Okay. For all the cast and crew for the twenty, I think it was twenty fifth anniversary or maybe mm-hmm. more. And he actually handed Butchie his photo book back and said, "Yeah, you should probably be here on Saturday." Really? Yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. He got to go. It's like, like I said, when when the actual people. I mean, I got to take um, Apache Ramos. Uh, we're gonna rain on you, warriors. Yeah, he was yeah. in the uh, the yeah. orphans. Yeah, yeah. So I got to take him to the block where he said that. Right. Um, I just recently saw those pictures. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was, and we've got some video, and he had never been back to that block. I was creeping on your Facebook page looking for a photo of you to put on the Yeah, I noticed flyer. you liked a few things, so I knew that's why you were doing Probably something, yeah, probably something from like a long time yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah like something popped up and I'm like, oh, it's Jimmy, he's looking for a picture of me. Yeah. Yeah. Something old, yeah, yeah. I'm scrolling, being creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's all, but he was genuinely, Yeah, we know. took him, we took him, and it was, it was the first time we'd taken like a, a, somebody who was in, in, a, in a movie back to the where they were filming. Like really? We, where we took them back. He hadn't been back there. Since where was that spot? That, that's Forty Fifth Avenue, Forty Fifth Road in Long Island City. Okay, um, and took him back there, and he was, he was, and he even said to me, "Are you sure?" Because I remember we were in Brooklyn. I'm like, "Oh, you were in Long Island City." He's like, I, "I'm not. I, are you sure?" I'm like, "Apache, I'm telling you, this is we scoped yeah. it out, and we found this, the 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 stoop where Mercy, where Mercy was standing on the stoop. Yes, and Mercy's like like the girl who played Mercy, uh, Deborah Van Van Valkenburg. Yes, is like his. Grandson's like godmother. Really? Yeah, like they they stayed friendly. So, um, or at least like a like a pseudo you know Italian aunt. Yeah, um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But so he was like her, that staircase there and this that. And so he it was like you know I mean part of that was filmed in Long Island City. The other part was filmed when they ran to the train station was uh, New Utrecht and Sixty yes. Second. Yeah. But again, it's just like kind of weird you know juxtaposition of of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. It's all good. Yeah, man. It is all good. It's awesome. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything else? I don't know. I, I, could, I did, Don't let me talk too much because I'll keep you... No, nah, I don't care, man. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I'm, I'm whatever, man. Yeah. It's like, you know... I, I'm, I'm, I had it in my head that I did want to touch on the 9-11 thing, because, but I'm glad that you actually... It came yeah. up organically. Right. Um, yeah, there was the whole Delta Bravo stuff, your bike club. 
the <laughs> fucking Vandal Squad stuff. That I was like, yeah. that I was really looking forward to because I had I just recently had Graffiti Riders yeah. on. So like now I have like the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, on I'm there. not sure if the JA thing should have. I should have said what I said, but you know, it's. Uh, yeah, well, and how long ago was that statue yeah. limitations are done it, and yeah, over with? I'm you didn't sure. mention any real names, and some yeah. people that listen to this have no idea who JA is yeah. anyway. Yeah, no, I hear you. So that don't worry about that. I, I there's one, and I won't say. I won't even say it on camera, but uh, on on film. But there's one question I always get asked, and I always have to like say no comment. Okay. So I'll tell you that one after we shut off the, All right. the thing. Cool. But um, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I yeah. think we're good too. All right. All right. So on that note, we're gonna shut it off so I can get more of the uh, secret information. More, more secret information. <laughs> Steve, thanks a lot, man. Oh, no worries. Awesome. Good time. <laughs> Later.